Welcome into the GT Counter Podcast. My name is Tyler. Grayson is not here tonight as uh, he is battling a severe case of the hand, foot, and mouth disease. Everybody reach out to Grayson. Tell him you're thinking about him. I'm sure he'd appreciate this in that in these trying times. I can only imagine how horrible it must be. But luckily for us, it is our weekend uh, precap episode. And that means read roll-offs of the Moneyline Masterclass is here. Reed, it's good to see you once again. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Yeah, we'll send my love to Grayson Winters. You know, he's actually doing my taxes right now as we speak. So I appreciate that from the gray man. But yes, uh, you know, another fun week of football. Uh, But I will say, you know, basketball is right around the corner. You know, preseason is off and away. So, you know, getting closer to college basketball, the NBA, um, I don't know about you. I'm not one for the preseason, but you know, it's better than nothing. And, and we are close into you know the perfect time of the year where we got all the great sports going on. So uh, it's a beautiful fall night. I'll give you that. That it is. And man, I cannot wait to get into some college basketball. Might have to set up a little little side quest over there to make sure we get the the content out for that. I'm really excited to preview the season. It's going to be so much fun with all the uh, the realignment happening. The the Big Twelve, just a, a little teaser. Big Twelve basketball this year is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Kansas, Houston, Texas, all in the same conference, all playing each other. It's going to be outstanding. But we can get to that here in a couple of weeks. This weekend we have some great football games on tap, and uh, let's not waste any time, Reed. Let's get right into the weekend precap. What has got you hyped for this weekend? You know, we got something in just, you know, almost every single one of these time slots. Um, you know, even with, you know, obviously we got games for, you know, every single day it seems like. And, you know, obviously we got some good ones tonight. Uh, even a, a late night Pac-12 special with Stanford and Colorado. Uh, that might make me a little bit of a sicko, but, you know, I will be all over that action. You know, we got a 9 p.m. kickoff central time. Just just a perfect way to, you know, recap Friday night. But, you know, not as many matched or, excuse me, ranked matchups this week. But there's kind of some undercover games that are, you know, interesting. So, you know, a lot of underrated games that, you know, might not look great on paper, but you'd really dive into it. And, and there's intrigue all the way across the board. Uh, but I will tell you my favorite game of the week, Oregon-Washington. We are going to learn a lot about this game uh, from both these teams. So can't wait to watch it. 2.30 kickoff, ABC. I'm ready for it. Yeah, that's the one I can't wait for. It's going to be such an electric game. Up there in Seattle, you know, apparently they're going to do a purple out. So the entire place is going to be purple. Big national game. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And I hope that there are 800 points scored in that game. And uh, with those two offenses, I think we have a decent chance. So let's go ahead and get right into this game here. We have number eight, Oregon, at number seven, Washington. As Reed said, that's 2.30 Central on ABC on Saturday. Uh, Oregon, plus three. They are a field goal underdog on the road, which tells you it's about a pick on a neutral field, which between these two teams is not shocking at all. 
just for the people to understand, Washington is getting 43% of the bets, but 60% of the money. And uh, the total on this one is getting hammered uh, by public money on the over. 87% of the bets are on the over, and over 80% of the money is on the over as well. Uh, Reed, I know we don't get too much into uh, like player props in this one, but Michael Penix's passing yards is over under 358. You know, that might seem like a hefty number, but I think when you really look at this game, I would imagine that Oregon will probably be able to stop the run relatively well. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, to some degree, Washington just decided, okay, let's not overthink it. Penix, these receivers, let's just go to our playmakers here. Let our big time players make plays and see what happens. So it wouldn't shock me if he threw the ball 45, 50 times this game. So I know that might seem like a high number, but I honestly would probably still lean over on that. I think it'll be absolutely electric. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, just let's dive into the numbers here on this one. This is such an interesting game because Oregon's defense has been really pretty good this year. Granted, not against the best competition, Uh, The best offense they faced is maybe Colorado, and that's not saying a whole lot, and they held them to six points. But uh, we get into this. Washington, of course, is the number one pass offense in college football. But Oregon, the fifth best defense against the pass. They're also 21st against the run, which doesn't really matter with Washington because they're 103rd running the ball. But uh, it's going to be such an interesting game. It's... It feels like this one is going to come down to just how many points Michael Penix can put on the board because when you flip it around and look at Washington's defense, you see a whole lot of red there. uh, You look at it, they're 125th in uh, generating pressure. They're 125th in getting sacks. Uh, 119th in opponent first downs. I mean, there's a lot of red on that defense. And if you look at Oregon's offense, they're very balanced at rushing and throwing. So... You know, coming off the rip, I liked Washington at home. I think I would still lean that way, but I'm definitely not as confident as I was. But I do like points in this one. I think that there are going to be points galore here. I would take over 67 and a half. Already have taken it myself. But uh, what is your read on this one? Because uh, I'm interested if you feel one way or another about one of these sides. Yeah, so, you know, off the rip, I think you're right. I think... You know, my favorite play in this game is the over. I think that if you really look at it, Oregon is just so balanced offensively. I think they'll find a way to put up points. You know, I would be shocked if they were held under 35 points this game, just being brutally honest. I think they are more than capable. I think you're right. The bigger question mark is Washington, just because of the fact that they haven't necessarily played you know, any good defenses thus far this year and really anybody in general. So I think there's more unknown with Washington. You know, we've seen what they've been capable of for sure. And, you know, they can sling the ball around as good as anybody. But when it comes down to it, it's just going to be a very different game because you're playing Oregon. This is, you know, one of the best teams in the country. So in terms of a side on this one, I know Washington is at home. And as an over nine and a half on Washington, I'd love for the Huskies to pull this one out. 
But if you were to tell me a gun to my head, pick a side, I'd probably take Oregon plus three just because I, I know what we're getting with them. I feel like I have a better idea. And at the very least, I think they'll keep it close. So I'd probably lean Oregon plus three. Uh, you know, I know this line was at two and a half at some point. That was, I mean, that's tougher, but three, you get the field goal there. Uh, I think if at the end of the day, you probably take those points and, and you just let it go. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, I typically don't advocate for what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it because I feel strongly about it. If there's any way for you to alt spread these both these teams to plus seven and parlay them together, I think that's the way to go. Because I think this game is going to be who has the ball last, and it's probably going to be a touchdown or a field goal to go win the game. So if you get both sides to plus seven and parlay them, Somewhere around even money. I don't think that's a horrible play. That's that's a we love a big brain play, and that is I like that a lot too. I think it's going to be close either way. You know, tons of. I mean, you could even bump up seven and a half if you wanted to. I think it'll be played within a touchdown. So yeah, I I actually like that a lot, and I think it's a very fair bet on you know what's going to happen here. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like it should be a close game. And more than anything, I'm just excited to watch these teams play. These are two, I think they are probably the two top teams in the Pac-12, with all due respect to USC, Utah, Oregon State, things of that nature. But, I mean, these are the teams out there. USC doesn't deserve respect. You don't even have to say, you don't have to feel bad about that one. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and get into their game. USC, number 10, going up to Notre Dame, number 21. This is 6.30 p.m. on NBC. USC, a two-and-a-half-point dog on the road as an undefeated team at a two-loss Notre Dame. This, I'm going to steal a line from our good friend, Lake Kick Josh, Josh Pate. This might be an odds-making clinic in this one. I mean... You look at it, you're like, why is the undefeated team an underdog? Well, it's because that undefeated team might not be very good. And uh, we can dive in there a little bit. USC's defense is just atrocious. And Notre Dame, they've struggled a lot offensively in the past few weeks. But this USC defense is going to present a lot of chances for them to get right. The only thing that this USC defense does very well is pressure the quarterback. And Notre Dame can neutralize a lot of that with their run game with Audric Estime. Uh, they really don't let Hartman just sit back there as a sitting duck anyway. So, you know, that's something that I'd be interested in seeing. Uh, Notre Dame being favored by two and a half. I've already taken it personally. I might look to take it again. And, uh, you know, given it's a Saturday night in October in Indiana, Looks like there's 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, temperatures in the 50s with clouds. You might get some rain in there. Not sure USC wants that. I'm not sure they want that smoke in this one. So I will take the bait with uh, with Notre Dame, the two-loss team as a favorite at home against the undefeated. Yeah, I'll take them. I think this is an interesting one for you know a number of reasons. Obviously, the matchup itself is it's going to be fun. You know, it's... Notre Dame, USC, this is something that, you know, when I saw this on the schedule, you know, I got really excited just because of, you know, the two programs in and of itself. But, you know, something I was looking at, the weather is obviously going to play a factor. You know, the last time I checked, 
there was rain scheduled. I know I think the last three days there. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit muddy. Stuff is going to get weird. And, you know, early on I was thinking, okay, what do we know for certain? USC is going to be able to put up points, I would imagine. And, you know, I thought going in, this would be a great spot for maybe a USC team total. You know, we know they can't stop anybody, but I figured it might be, you know, relatively fast paced just because I would imagine USC would control the tempo there a little bit. I know Notre Dame is by no means a you know high tempo offense, but team total, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this. Uh, what would you say USC's line would be at right now? If you were to guess without looking. 28? Well, that's, that's pretty good. 28 and a half on DraftKings, 29 and a half on uh, some other lines. So you're about spot on. You know, I initially leaned, you know, I, I thought that that would be a little bit low for USC. And, you know, I love that early on, but that rain scares me away. So I think I you know, ultimately agree if you got to stay away from that one. But, you know, I don't hate the pick at home for Notre Dame. I think it's, you know, a good spot for them to bounce back. I think it'll give us a great chance to look at USC in general and probably a good chance for everybody else to realize that they are not very good. So Caleb Williams is going to have to do his best Superman impression with his painted nails. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and going back to a point we hit on last game, USC, the third best passing offense in college football, Notre Dame, the third best passing defense in college football. So going to be strength on strength there once again. And uh, I will lean towards the towards the defense there once again as well. So I think Notre Dame wins this game. I think they cover. And, uh, you know, if not, I'll eat some crow. But I know that will make our guy Grayson happy to uh, be backing his Irish, even though I have I have no faith in him picking the Irish this week. I think he'd be – think he'd be a usc guy i think he's lost hope yeah i it's been it's been a tough couple weeks for notre dame uh you know everything i thought they might have been earlier in the year you know they've shown that they're just not very great offensively right now so that's always tough when you know you don't have the skill positions to you know kind of lead an offense led by hartman but it is what it is they're still a solid team nevertheless so yeah, we'll we'll get a, a pretty pretty good test this weekend. That they will. Let's head to another ranked matchup in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The Fighting Mario Cristobal's, who are somehow still ranked after last week's disaster, headed to Chapel Hill to see North Carolina and the Tar Heels. UNC is a three and a half point favorite at home. Uh, over under is fifty six and a half in this one. So kind of mid tier for a college football game. Uh, you look at this game. Both teams are pretty good against the spread. Miami's last week notwithstanding. Uh, UNC is 3-1 and one against the spread. Their only loss is App State, who always plays them tight. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the offense versus defense here. UNC is actually playing some defense this year. I think that is the most shocking kind of thing about this game. UNC is playing some ball. They are... They're mid-pack in points, but they're pretty good in the red zone, 35th in red zone efficiency. They're pretty good at their top 35 in getting sacks, top half in passing yards allowed and rushing yards allowed. I mean, for what we thought coming into the year, they're playing some ball defensively. And then offensively, you know what you're going to get with Drake May. 
They're second best in the country on third down conversions, which is a little bit surprising to see. But uh, the only weakness they might have is offensive line-wise. They're bottom half in allowing sacks. So pressure to be had on our guy Drake May, which can force him out of the pocket and get him into some pressure situations. And Miami's defense is pretty good at generating pressure uh, right around the top half. So what's your read on this one? I don't know how you could get to backing Miami on this one, but I think that's the side. Well, I'll tell you how, because that's exactly what I'm going to do. This it's, it's a good, listen, it's a bounce back spot for Miami. They were embarrassed last week, but we've seen what they were capable of. You know, they, they killed Texas A&M. And, you know, I think if we look back to that, we've seen that, you know, Texas A&M is a pretty good team. I think that this North Carolina team is overrated mainly because you know I one I don't think they've played anybody they haven't really shown me anything to be convinced yet um, this will be a big test I think Miami is a, it's a good it's a good ball team and I know that last week was just embarrassment for everybody involved in you know the city of Miami but I think we see a bounce back game here uh, you know I think if they I think it'll actually be pretty high scoring for what it's worth. Um, so I actually would lean the over on that one too. But, you know, I think, you know, if North Carolina is able to come away with a win here, you know, props to them. Uh, I think absolutely I will, you know, have a different opinion. But I just think Miami is a, it's a good team. So despite the contrary, I will be backing the Hurricanes. And... I will. I actually feel pretty strongly about it. I think it's a, a good chance to cover that three and a half. So we'll see what happens. I like it. I like it. Uh, this is the only ranked matchup this week that I want no part of. My angle here is I want to see how Miami rebounds. I think if they're able to show some life in this game, regardless of whether they cover or not, but if they show some life in this one, I'll be confident in backing them moving forward. But if they come out this game and are lifeless at the start, get down by double digits, can't find a way back into the game. I think there's a decent chance this thing comes off the rails. So for that reason, I don't want any part of backing a side here just because I don't know what we're going to get, but I will be watching with a vested interest to see what we can do with this Miami team moving forward. That's definitely a fair play. You know, I know you mentioned that to me and, you know, I thought that too. And, you know, I just, I couldn't take the opportunity to fade North Carolina, which I know, I've told you I've been waiting to do all year. I'm not sold on Drake May, so this is an opportunity that I feel like, you know, I, I, I like the hook at three and a half, so we'll see what happens. That is a fair play, my friend. Let's move on to the last ranked-on-ranked matchup of the week. Number 18, UCLA, headed to Corvallis to play our Beavs of Oregon State. This one is a three-and-a-half-point spread over under at 53-and-a-half to 54, depending on where you find it. Um, you know, I know you're not the biggest Dante Moore guy out there, which is totally fine. I mean, he's a, a true freshman out there trying to lead a program in LA. It's going to be hard work, but, uh, with a big bounce back win for UCLA last week against Wazoo, regardless of how many times they tried to give that game away, they were able to hold on to it, win and cover. And then this Oregon state team, man, they're just so physical up front. They do what they do. They run the ball. Uh, they don't ask DJU to do too much, and he's looked pretty good this year, uh, notwithstanding the couple of turnovers against Wazoo in the game that they lost. But 
I don't really have a play on a side here. I just think that there's going to be more points than than Vegas might expect. I think over 53 and a half is going to be my play. I'm going to wait and see if it'll drop past that key number 52. See if we get like 28, 24 or something like that. See if we can't get that to be our over. But I'm going to lean over on this one. I'm going to take it. I'm just going to wait for the best number. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, you know, Oregon State's offense, you know, they might not have the, the biggest plays. You know, they might not have the explosive plays. You know, DJU, who I think is a little bit limited in the passing game, he's done everything they've asked him to do. And, you know, they're just humming right now. They're they're in good shape and, you know, not concerned of Oregon State's offense at all. But what I will tell you is their defense has been worse than expected. You know, they were really good last year. And not that they've been horrible this year by any means. I just expected a little bit better. So I think you're right about that points. I think that seems a little bit low. Uh, I could, you know, definitely see a 30 to 28 game here. Don't love a side like you mentioned either. But I just feel like it's going to be a pretty close game i would imagine and you know if it was to go one way or the other i'm leaning oregon state you know dante moore you know as much talent as he does have i just haven't seen enough from him to you know want to back ucla yet so again should be a really interesting game i you know have grown to love the pac-12 and everything that it has so i'm just gonna savor it one last year and uh you know, I watch just about every Pac-12 game, so it's going to be fascinating, and I'm, I'm excited to see this one, too. I agree. I would lean Oregon State as well. Saturday night in Corvallis would be a tough spot for anybody, but especially a true freshman. But uh, kick and play. I just uh, I hope that they're able to protect him a little bit better than they have been and, and chip to get him, get him some confidence built early. But I agree with the over there. It's going to be a good look, and uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. But Good stuff there on our ranked matchups. Coming up next, we're going to try a little something new here. We're going to do our upset specials of the week, and then we will hit our favorite favorites to cover their number. So all that and more will be coming up next. All right, Reed, coming back here. uh, You've kind of teased this one both on your show and just in us talking, but I want to hear it. What's your favorite upset of the week? You know, this was probably the first thing I saw when looking at the board. You know, I... Even last Saturday, I you know saw this matchup and I was just begging Tennessee at home to be favored with AM coming in. Big Jimbo, I just, you know, don't ever want to say I'm backing Big Jimbo, but I just I like the team that he's assembled there in AM, College Station, and I just think they have a lot more talent than Tennessee, frankly. Uh, you know, we've talked about the quarterback play. I know Wegman got hurt. That maybe wasn't the end of the world there. You know, I, we've loved what we've seen from Big Maxi Boy over there. So again, A and M. I think I think this line is flipped. I would imagine that even on the road, I would have said that they were minus three going into Tennessee, and they are plus three. So I'm shocked. I am all over Texas A and M in this one. I don't see Tennessee winning this game. I, I just don't see a scenario where that happens. So I am loving it for AM and we're riding with the Aggies. 
You know, after seeing that Aggie team in person, that defensive line is so stout. They have a great front seven. And Tennessee, this is not the same Tennessee team everybody thought they were last year with Hendon Hooker throwing it around and all the passing yards. This is a running football team. And if Texas A&M can out-physical them up front and keep that physicality up, I I think you're onto something there. So I would have to lean your way. Yeah, I think really this game is going to come down to, you know, we've seen Tennessee this year. I know they have Bazooka Joe at quarterback, and he can launch it a mile. But Tennessee likes to run the ball. So I think if A&M can, you know, mitigate the big plays defensively and then stop the run to some degree, I think they win this game. So and that's my key. And, you know, I think it happens. I, I just love A&M in this one. That is 100% a fair play. Um, I'm going to avoid that one as my favorite upset pick of the week. And I'm going to go to something that eh, is far more gross, I would say. Uh, We're going straight down to a team that has just been horrible against a team who just picked up a a win against a top 10 opponent. We're taking the Pitt Panthers at home against Louisville off of the huge Notre Dame win. And I know many of you are thinking, like, Tyler, what in the world is that? And let me explain. So, Mr. Phil Jerkovich is no longer quarterbacking the Pitt Panthers. He's now a tight end. So, we've gotten that out of the way. So, this is a fresh start for our Pitt Panthers. Louisville, coming off a huge home win, has to go to the the place formerly known as the Ketchup Bottle to go play the Pitt Panthers. Saturday night. On the CW. Like, nobody's going to be watching this game, which makes it perfect for an upset, Reed. Nobody's going to be watching. Then all of a sudden, you're going to look up and pits up 13 to 10 in the fourth quarter. I mean, I know we saw Louisville for a week play like God, and their quarterback, Jack Plumber, was outstanding. They ran the ball all over Notre Dame. All I'm saying is just watch this one a little bit carefully because I think there could be some upset potential here. Yeah, I, you know, don't have a ton of lot to say on that one. That would certainly be shocking and, you know, might have to, you know, book a Vegas trip with you if that one is true. Because even I think that line at minus seven and a half, again, I'll say it. I, I backed Louisville win total over. And, you know, from what I've seen, I've not been sold in them at all, you know, up until last week. That was like the first time I saw them actually play, you know, solid football. But, you know, that would, that would be shocking. Uh, you know, Phil Shurigovich at tight end is, you know, utterly hilarious. So, you know, this is, it's a bold play. And uh, I will definitely give you flowers if, if that one holds true. It's just a spot play. You look at it and so you've got Pitt who's coming off a bye. You have, uh, they just lost to Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. Louisville coming off the Notre Dame win. It just lines up perfect. So that's what we're going to go with there. All right, Reed, what is your second upset pick of the week? You know, we're going to continue to dumpster dive here. And, you know, this might not be a major upset, but it is on paper right now. We have Wake Forest in Virginia Tech. Wake Forest plus one and a half. I am taking Wake Forest. I know it's only one and a half. I hear you. But Virginia Tech stinks. Wake Forest stinks. They both stink. 
I just think Wake Forest stinks a little bit less. And they've been tough to back all year long. And, you know, I think this is a game where they are able to pull enough offensively. And, you know, I do think they win the game. It is not, you know, a major upset by any means, but they are the underdog. So uh, looks like this line was initially or Wake Forest minus one, and that has changed. So, again, I don't think it'd be a major upset by any means, but, you know, they are still the underdog. So riding with Wake Forest. That's an interesting one. Uh, I don't think I would have gone there, but hey, props to you. I mean, Wake Wake kind of played Clemson close, so Clemson's a corpse. I think we can declare that now. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, for me here, I'm going to take in a, a completely different angle from a team that in Pitt is fair to say they're a corpse at this point. We're going to a team who is alive and kicking, maybe bucking, you would say. The Wyoming Cowboys, plus 11, going into the Air Force, headed to Colorado Springs to play the Air Troops. It's never good to lay double digits with a service academy. Last time I checked, the Air Troops are a service academy. And Wyoming is a great football team, man. They should be top 25. I know that there's altitude at play here, but Wyoming themselves is the highest college football stadium there is. This, this is not an 11-point difference between these two teams. I think that Wyoming's going to cover, and I think that they have a chance to win this thing outright. So give me the Cowboys headed to go play the Air Troops. That might be my favorite pick of the week in general, but uh, I do like them to be live to pull an upset there. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I, you know, obviously this game's not in Laramie, so that one might sting a little bit, but that number just seems too high. Um uh, I like Air Force, but maybe not that much. So we'll see. Sorry, Houston just got a Hail Mary to cover my uh, plus three. We deserve that, Reed. We deserve it. Unreal. Unreal. Oh, what a rush. Oh, I'm me me and Stucky and Colin Wilson are gonna be hanging out at the catch us at the at the cashier's table. We deserve that one. Houston was covering this whole game. Oh, what a rush. I, I feel I feel alive, Reed. We there is just nothing better than college football. You know, we are alive right now and just unreal. We absolutely love to see it. So, you know, I'm happy for you. That would have been, you know, a brutal break. You know, I'm pulling it up right here as I got it so I can see this final play, but yeah, this I mean, I'm I'm happy for you. You you deserve that one, so there you go. Dana, you're a, no matter what I say about you, Dana, you're a legend. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you have any more upsets that you like this week? There's quite a few out there that are stinky numbers. We could look at Kansas State plus the one and a half at Texas Tech. Uh, there's a there's a there's a few out there. Would you like to take Iowa, perhaps? Yeah, I will say that I will absolutely not be taking Iowa. <laughs> I don't think I'll back Iowa anymore this year. And I just don't think they are. I mean, sorry, Brian French. It's just, it. you're going to go, you're going to go coach, you know, some division two school and, you know, Alabama. And I wish you the best of luck, but it's, the offense is horrible. They don't have talent. It's just going to be tough. So, you know, I don't love necessarily a ton of them. You know, that, Kansas State one is interesting, you know, 
that wouldn't shock me. But you know what I would absolutely love to see is BYU going into TCU and finding a way to win that game. I think that would be fun. Um, not advocating for it, but I sure hope it happens. Yeah, that one's that one's live there too. That one's got potential. BYU's been a feisty bunch. TCU, speaking of corpses, holy crap, what has happened to them? They roll they lose Garrett Riley, they lose all sorts of talent, but my goodness, this team, they shouldn't be this bad. I mean, they let Iowa State run all over them. Yeah, I I just I just hope they don't win another game this year. And, you know, I it's just it's tough for TCU. I don't know what they're going to have to do this offseason, but something's going to have to change. So I guess we'll see. That we will. Let's go ahead and move into our favorite favorites of the week. I, there's quite a few here that I like, but I'm going to I'm going to kick it over to you because you talked about a couple on your pod that I'm interested to get your get your take on. Yeah, I think, you know, my favorite, I, I I just, you know, again, just talking about Iowa. Wisconsin, I think, is just a really solid football team. I think that they don't necessarily have, you know, a ton of weaknesses. They're not elite by any means. Um, but they, I think they are the best of the bunch there, you know, in the Big Ten West. So only nine and a half. You know, I'm not convinced Iowa even scores nine and a half points. So if I'm telling you... Wisconsin, you got to score 20 points and this is over. I think they do that. This isn't the same Iowa defense that we've seen in years past. And still good defense, but not elite by any means. So, again, I think Wisconsin here, it's just a good spot for minus nine and a half. And, you know, that's that's one I absolutely love. Gotcha. Yeah. So, for me... Um... I'm gonna, I've got three here that I really like. I've got one big conference game and then a couple that I will kind of go dumpster diving for here. The first one I have, South Carolina laying two and a half against Florida at home. Uh, this Florida team, we've established that they are pretty awful outside of the swamp. And this game being in South Carolina, I think Florida is going to get steamrolled here. Until proven otherwise, I can't back Florida on the road. So I will happily take less than a field goal with South Carolina and lay it. And uh, I think they win by more than a touchdown here. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. You know, I, again, I'm anti-Florida pretty much in general. I don't care where they're playing. Even if it is a swamp, I just, not initially a big fan. But I'm going to go back to the Big Ten. And, you know, again, we've seen this with Michigan State. They are just, it's tough out there, and I, you know, I've, I've backed this Rutgers team a lot this year. Um, I actually like the under this week, but I like Rutgers minus five. I think it's a good spot for Rutgers to, you know, continue their their streak of undefeated against the spread. So, you know, I'm backing them till the wheels fall off, and they haven't done me dirty yet. So, uh, I like Rutgers minus five. At home. Rutgers, so we'll baby. Rutgers. Rutgers. 6-0 and against the spread, Rutgers. Something to be said for that. Never lost. Never lost. So uh, I like that as well. One for me here, 4 o'clock on Saturday. I don't think people are talking about, and for good reason, why would you talk about Nevada football? 
this team is dreadful. They're awful. I was on their season total under four and a half. They're 0 and 5, and they haven't been competitive except for one game against Kansas. So UNLV laying right at about eight, seven and a half, eight, depending on where you find it. I love that this week. The Rebels are good. They're four and one. They're a solid against the spread team. They're five and zero overall against the spread. I like them to go in there and take care of Nevada fairly easily. I think it's more than two touchdowns here. I would lay it up to ten. I love UNLV in the spot. Yeah, we you know as much as as fun it would be to you know head down to UNLV. You know that should be a future trip. We got to see you know even they got the slot machines on the sideline for that. You know they, a lot of turnover chains. They crank that. Uh, yeah, I like that pick and. Yeah, Nevada is just in a world of hurt there. So I got one more for you. Uh, this will be a potential, you know, depending on injury. But, you know, Riley Leonard, obviously we saw him suffer an, industri- uh, an injury a couple weeks ago. He got a bye week. Um, if he's able to go this week against NC State, you know, I love Duke at home, minus three. You know, Duke still good defense and, you know, NC State, has obviously moved off their quarterback. And, you know, their guy who had his blank on the name, but got his first start, Morris, I believe was his last name, uh, got his first start and threw three interceptions. So they're just not very good offensively. I think even if Riley Leonard doesn't play, I still like them to cover, you know, minus three at home. But, you know, time will tell on that one. I like that one as well. I will probably be on that as well. I think Duke just top to bottom is a better roster. And, Regardless of who's playing quarterback, I can't trust NC State as far as I can throw them. So give me Duke, regardless if it's Riley Leonard or otherwise. I also have one more, and we're going to Friday night for this one. Fresno State is traveling to Logan, Utah to play Utah State. Utah State off a huge win last week against Colorado State. They were down 17-0, then scored 38 in a row to come back and win. Uh, this Fresno State team is a different tier than Colorado State was, and the line is only two points different. I know there's a quarterback injury with uh, Mikey Keene, but I think regardless of who plays at quarterback for our Bulldogs, I think at four or four and a half, this is, this is again, a superior team who was ranked 24th last week. And they played Wyoming as well as anyone could have at that altitude. I know they were favored, but realistically, you don't go into Laramie and win. Just ask Texas Tech. So I think this is great value on Fresno here. And I will be happy to lay those points. Yeah, I actually really like that too. I haven't taken a huge look at that game in general, but yeah, that yeah, I'd probably even ride that up to you know six and a half. So I I, I like that a lot. So good call on that one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And. Uh, You know, for us, that'll do it for our picks. Our own the board picks will be tweeted out this week since Grayson isn't here. So stay tuned to the GT Counter Podcast Twitter at GT Counter Pod. We will have that tweeted out tomorrow morning with all of our picks in full. Uh, Not many winners last week, Reed. We kind of, uh, Texas kind of screwed us over there. Yeah, you know, I figured that that would be a spot for Texas to, you know, show its might, but. You know, I really hope this isn't like any other year. You know, I thought this would be the year for Texas. There's still time to right the ship, but I will say that one did hurt. So It did, it did. And I, I will say this on my pod as well. I know I mentioned it on yours Monday as well. 
This is the time to buy back Texas Futures. They are right back to about their preseason number to win the Big 12, and you're not going to find plus 150 on the money line in a Big 12 championship game with Texas. If they play OU again, they're going to be favored again, probably by about the same margin, four, three and a half, somewhere in there. So if you can find them plus 120, plus 130 or better on the on the Big 12 title odds, or heck, even better, take them to bank the playoff. If you can find somewhere around two to one, this is a team that still has everything out there in front of them. And if as long as your opinion wasn't changed by last week's game, I know mine wasn't. I don't think yours was as well. So I'd be happy to buy some more Texas futures this week. On a bye week, let the market adjust. I think it's right there in front of them, man. Yeah, I will say I was, you know, a little bit more concerned. I do think that they, you know, ultimately get back to the conference championship game and I think they do find a way to win. Like I, I've talked before, it's hard to beat a team twice, uh, especially as the underdog. So, yeah, I just feel that it's a good spot for Texas to, you know, right their ship the rest of the year and get ready for that, you know, Big 12 conference game. And, yeah, we'll see how many people are, you know, fearing God and fearing Texas once that game's all said and done again. That we will, that we will. So, Coming up next, there's no Triple G today. Grayson's not here, number one. And secondly, this NFL slate is pretty awful. There's no real need to discuss any of these games. So, uh, Raj, do better with scheduling, okay? But uh, coming up next, let's hop straight into odds and ends. We've got a loaded agenda there. We're going to talk the baseball playoffs. We're going to talk our struggles with media credentials. And uh, then we'll do, since Drake dropped an album last week, We'll rank our top three Drake album. So that coming up next. All right, Reed, coming back. Got to be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of baseball this year. Uh, part of that being the Rangers. Part of that being, you know, who's got time to watch 162 baseball games throughout the year? But I got to say, these playoffs, man, been kind of electric with the, the pitch clock. You've got all sorts of action. It helps when your team advances as well. So... Both of our teams made it through to the divisional series. And, uh, man, it's been a fun a fun couple of weeks. A lot of chaos. I mean, we're recording in the middle of this Braves and Phillies game, but the Braves are down in this one as well. So we could have, like, the top six records in baseball just eliminated in the first two weeks of the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's been actually really wild. Um, you know, as a Minnesota fan in general, we don't experience the playoffs very often. So when we do, we tend to cherish them. And I, you know, it baseball, you know, it, again, I think 162 is far too many games, but when you see a packed crowd and you see everybody waving their Homer hankies as we do in Minnesota, it's just absolutely electric. And, you know, it was a great moment for the city you know, proud to finally get the monkey off the back of finally winning not only a playoff game, but a series. So even though we do fall short to the Astros yesterday, uh, you know, we showed a lot of grit. And, you know, more importantly, I think it was just big for the city and for the team to just finally win a postseason game. So, yeah, postseason baseball, it's, it's fun when you just get the city behind your back. You can feel the energy. It's just a different level of, you know, sport. So, you know, again, regular season, I understand that that can be a little bit boring at times, but yeah, just an incredible 
incredible time here. And, you know, us living in Texas, we have both teams facing off there uh, next round. So I imagine that will just be absolutely insane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to uh, poop all over Rob Manfred more than anybody. But I've got to say, like the pitch clock, it's been a rousing success. Like it's been a whole lot. It's been a great change to see the pace of the play pick up. The bigger bases helps encourage some more action. And, uh, you know, as as dumb as I thought eliminating the shift was, it is nice to see more balls in play. You see more balls through for base hits. So it is it is exciting, man. And it helps when your team is good, too. The Rangers, gosh, have they been a roller coaster. I mean, I kind of lightly tuned in in September, and they won five in a row, then lost seven in a row, then won four in a row, and then lost six in a row. And then they get to the playoffs, and they've won five in a row. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? And uh, I saw the uh, the atmosphere for Game 3 on Tuesday was electric. It's, it's just good to have good baseball in town again. I know you can say the same about your twins. It's just good to have good playoff baseball around. So happy to have it. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this series against the Astros. Got to say I don't have high expectations because, well, quite frankly, they've owned us. But uh, to be in that opportunity, man, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I don't know if you've had a chance to you know watch the World Baseball Classic in the past. You know, where each of these teams, or not these teams, these players go and play for their countries. You know, when you watch that, it, it's a different level of baseball. And it's like these players and fans, like, it's such a more emotional game where somebody, you know, has a base hit and they're going crazy. Someone has a homer. It's an absolute party. And, you know, getting to see, you know, kind of the same atmosphere here in the playoffs you know, if someone hits a home run at home in a big spot, it's a it's a minor earthquake going on in that stadium. Fans are going crazy. Players are going crazy. You can see the emotion. It's just, you know, that's what sports are all. It's exciting. That's what it's all about. And, you know, going to be fun one for sure uh, in the AL. I know, obviously, I will absolutely be rooting for the Rangers. And I... It's, it's going to be a good series. I will say the thing that shocked me most about the Rangers is, you know, I, it doesn't surprise me that their bats have picked back up. You know, they have, you know, the lineup, they're deep. But the pitching, I just didn't really expect it. And, you know, Eovaldi has been really good. They just, they've got some guys that, I mean, they've been able to pitch really well. And I think that's been the biggest shock for me to see for sure. Thank God the starters are good because that bullpen, outside of like Leclerc, I mean, Chapman's been awful. I think he's walked the bases loaded the last like three times he's been on the pitch. I mean, there's just no depth there. They have some good long guys with like Martin Perez, Andrew Heaney, uh, Cody Bradford, things of that nature. But in terms of like the high leverage guys, yeah, there's there's one guy. It's Leclerc. And uh, thank goodness he was there to save Chapman's butt a few times in that Orioles series or else it would have been... It would have been chaos there in the late innings. So uh, I will say this might be a weird comparison, but it reminds me a lot of like, you know, when you get into March Madness and a fan like the arena can start to sense that there's an upset happening. That's what that's what it kind of reminds me of, like the the playoff baseball, the the tension, kind of that electric, like nervous energy, like 
it kind of reminds me of when the one seed is down by eight with five minutes left to to like the number ten seed in the second round. It's like okay, we might be onto something here. Yeah, it's it's kind of like wait a minute, this is this is this is happening. <laughs> it's it's kind of yeah, I, that's a good comparison actually. Um, yeah, I know you of all people are you know typically lower on your sport teams than most. And I think it's funny enough as it is, but, you know, the Rangers, the last month of the year, obviously we know were they just looked horrible. I mean, there was, you know, a good chance they didn't even make it into the playoffs. So, you know, for them to not only make it in, but, you know, sweep the Rays and sweep the Orioles. I mean, well done. I mean, just, it's, it's, I don't even know how this next series is going to go, but you know I'm excited to track it for sure. Yeah, I will take uh, here on Fanduel. We've got game one and series doubles. I'll take Houston to win game one and the series for plus one fifteen. Just uh, just no faith in my Rangers. They got there. It's outstanding. I know Scherzer might be back, maybe John Gray, but uh, the, the Astros went nine and four against against Texas this year. So. I think that they probably win this series in six, maybe seven. But uh, regardless of outcome, man, it's just exciting to be back in in high leverage playoff games. Yeah, I, I will say I am sorry we could not push that to game five, as in my twins, uh, because Verlander will now be on the bump to start game one, I would imagine. And I know he's, you know, what seems like 50 years old, but the guy is still a killer. So good luck with that one. Yeah, yeah, much appreciated. We'll need all the luck that we can get. Uh, let's go ahead and hard pivot here. So uh, just a little beside, behind the scenes stuff. So uh, given that I am a Football Writers of America Association member, Reed, you've been doing the podcast thing as well. So we've been trying to leverage that to try to get on to cover these games, right? Especially in the local DFW Metroplex. There's so many college teams. You've got TCU, SMU, you know, UNT, Wake, you got Baylor, and man, there's all sorts of teams out there that could especially use some coverage. Like, TCU is not very good. Like, I would think that you'd want, like, some extra exposure for for your games, right? Help cover your players, showcase your players. Just in general, like, have press box seats filled. Nobody, when we were at AT&T Stadium, like, they had press box seats filled, whether it's jabronis like me and grayson or you know honest to goodness like newspaper reporters like they had butts and seats i'm not quite and granted i don't know what the tcu press situation is but we applied for the game this weekend against byu me and you both did we both got quickly rejected so man i'm just i'm just confused what are they looking for with these guys i mean we'll go out there we'll make sure to cover cover the games well obviously we'll not make ourselves look like idiots like that poor guy did in James Franklin's press conference this week where he was just brutally dunked on them. It's like, coach, do you ever think about just chucking it up there a little bit? But, uh, I mean, we won't be those guys, I promise. But, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a tough life out there. You'd think that these teams would want some extra, some extra coverage, but I guess not. And you know what? We'll keep trying. And, uh, maybe next year as we get a little bit more established, we can, find our way into those situations a little bit more, but uh, definitely tough. We, uh, the vibes are not as high as they were. 
Yeah, you know, for sure next year is the goal, you know, with some level of consistency at all. But one thing about us, we are going to keep firing. We are J.R. Smith with the ball, two seconds from the shot clock. We are firing away. So uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the year, but, you know, we'll stay at it and see what happens. Absolutely. If there's one thing we're going to do, we're going to shoot our shot. And uh, regardless of if it goes in or not, we're shooting, and uh, that's all we can do. So uh, let's go ahead and move into this last thing on the agenda here. Drake released a new album last week called uh, For All the Dogs, highly anticipated. First album he released since her loss last year in 2022. Drake has an extensive album list, and a lot of them are bangers. So we figured that we would rank our top three here. Uh, Typically, we do this to where we random number generate the top 50. So, Reed, I'm not sure if you have a number in mind that you would like to, uh, to go ahead and put in for the generator. I will rattle off number 21. Number 21. All right. I will uh, I will take number 22. So uh, we'll make it easy. 1 to 50. Generating, generating, generating. It's 10. So you get to go first. I will go second and third. You will fourth, fifth. And we'll, uh, we're easy drafting our top three. Just just three here. We want to make sure we keep a tight, a tight list. And, uh, you know, there has to be a cutoff somewhere. And with Drake, I mean, I think top six albums are that's a good cutoff point. So uh, I will go ahead and kick it over to you. Number one pick. Have at it. You know, I will say the first thing about Drake is the versatility, you know, so many different genres that he, you know, produces. Uh, But, you know, I'm going to take it back to 2011. We have take care. Just, I mean, there are so many classics. You know, we got headlines, we have crew love, we have the original Take Care, Marvin's Room, you know, it's just a deep album, Heifer, a personal favorite, and the motto. So yeah, a lot of good ones in there. And you know, I I think I, I couldn't go anywhere else but but take care. So I will take it and you know feel pretty good about it. That's that's a good pick. Uh, wasn't the direction I thought you were going to go with it, but, uh, you know, I think that's a very solid choice. Marvin's room alone, I think elevates that album and, uh, just some classics all over the place. But for me, I think there's only one place to start here. My number one pick. If you're reading this, it's too late. So many bangers on that one. No telling jungle, Tim bands. No telling. Exactly. I mean, it's it's an outstanding album and uh, happy to have it in my number one spot. I mean, th- plus, I mean, the album cover, I think there has to be something to be said for the album cover. In fact, it's simple. It's memeable. It's it's an all time banger of an album cover. So uh, we love that one as the number one. And uh, that leads me to a tougher decision here in the number two. So there's a lot of good albums. And then there's also just ones that I'm like considering like best of the best in terms of songs on the albums. Like, you know, so far gone is tough because like, as far as like memorable songs, I feel like it's like best I ever had is like top of the top. And then after that, it's kind of, you know, it's not as strong. I'll say that. I mean, I won't say it's mid, 
but it is not quite as strong. So for me, I'm going to go to 2018 and I'm going to take Scorpion in the number two slot. It's a double album there, which helps. And you've got like Mob Ties, God's Plan, Nonstop. Uh, I mean, of course, a personal favorite of mine, Nice for What. Uh, in my feelings, it's classic. It's classic, and I will be happy to scoop that up in my number two. You know, I'm going to interject here, and I don't think I don't. It's it's so hard to only go with three. I I just can we can we push it to four? Can we get it official? Can, can we push it to four? Uh, yeah, we can grant that. We'll go four. Okay, so if I'm going back to back here. You know, I got some options. Um, there's just, you know, just banger after banger. But this, this might be, this might be a bold take here. But this one was, you know, it actually might be my personal favorite. We're gonna take it back to 2015, Drake and Future. What a time to be alive. The reason I love this album is there are no skips. And I think that's important. I I truly love every song on this album. Came out during a great time. Uh, I'm also a big fan of the diamonds on the cover. Uh, diamonds dancing, also another fantastic song in there. So, you know, there's not a time where I will skip a song on this album, and that's really rare in my opinion. So, uh, I love it. I'm gonna roll with that one. You know, not necessarily a ton of big time popular ones in that album, you know, to, I guess, the the average fan, but a lot of good ones in there. So I'm locking that one up. It's, it's just, it's difficult, man. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with more life, bring it back to 2017. And again... I think it's it's headlined by Passion Fruit. You know, I will admit the first time hearing Passion Fruit, I was like, what am I listening to right now? And about a month later, I'm back vibing with it. You play that in the summer, the head starts bobbing. You know, it's just a it's just a great song. Um, you know, a bunch of good ones in here. Do not disturb, can't have everything, KMT, sacrifices, uh, Galchester. 4422, Free Smoke. There's just, it's it's a deep one. So uh, I'm going to ride for more life. And uh, it was a tough call, but I don't feel bad about it by any means. Passion Fruit is criminally underrated. That's such a great song. It, 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 I mean, you, it, even today, it's just, it, it is, it's a phenomenal song. So I'm glad you agree with that one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh this leaves is this my last pick is this already my fourth or is this three and four you've done two so you you got three and four i'm rounding out my lineup here okay um i'm surprised it's still here so in my number three i will take views which is just a solid album a lot of a lot of good memorable ones there you got controller views hotline bling which was fun for about five minutes Child's Play is great. Uh, and then, of course, like Feel No Ways, Keep the Family Close. I love that album. It's fine. So 
I, I don't think it's like top tier, but I think it belongs as like a top five or six album. So happy to take it with my number three. And then, you know, interestingly, we haven't taken many of the recent albums here, which I mean, ha- has Drake fallen off? Many people are asking, but uh, I'll bite here and take something a little bit more recent. And I will take, oh man, it's a tough one. I think I'm stuck between Her Loss and Certified Lover Boy. I will take CLB. I'll go Certified Lover Boy. I think there's just more bangers in that one as a whole. Knife Talk, No Friends in the Industry, two of the all-time classics out of that one. Way Too Sexy, which has been remixed like 18,000 times. So (laughs) we will take that one. Can I offer you an underrated song on CLB? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am a huge fan of 7am on a bridal path. If you haven't heard that one, go ahead and play that one. The flow is fantastic. I'm a big fan. Uh, You know, I I do think this is one of his better albums. Uh, But I, I, I will say, you know, the last couple I have not initially been huge fans of. Uh, For All the Dogs, you know, obviously just dropped, what was it, a week ago? Uh, not a big fan, man. I don't know. I This isn't what I've, you know, we're accustomed to seeing, I will say. So, yeah, he's obviously still the GOAT, but, you know, kind of a rougher couple years for him, I will say. But, you know, that leads me to my last pick. And, you know, I'm also shocked to see this was still on the board. We're going to bring it back to nothing was the same. Uh, You know, it's a pretty iconic album cover. It's so simple. I'm going to pull it up here for you just so you can see it. It's so simple, but it's like you see that and you just know. It's like, oh, it's heat. Um, You know, anywhere from Tuscan leather, you know, worst behavior, from time, the language, too much. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Pound Cake. Phenomenal beat there. So, uh, and I can't miss, I can't leave out on all me. So, you know, a number of heaters there. Uh, you know, this is this is something I've bumped for quite some time. So, I'm surprised it's on the board and, you know, thankful that it is. Absolutely. I was going to ask what your thoughts on For All the Dogs was. Um, you know, I, I, what I like to do when I get a first album, a first listen to an album, I'm sure you're the same way is just hit play and let it run from one to the end. You can't shuffle the first time through in case there's like transitions, anything like that. But so I was at work, I didn't have my phone like up. So I was just listening to, to the, to the beast, the vibe to the music without knowing what the song title was. And it was like, you know what, this is, it's not great, but like it's a good album, I think. So I think it's probably better than Her Loss. I'm not sure it's up to the level of Honestly Nevermind and definitely not CLB, but I don't think it's awful. And I will say, you know, maybe I haven't given it a fair chance. Um, I agree with you. You know, when you get an album, you play it from the top, you don't shuffle it, and you go down the line. I don't even think I've heard it all, so I will say that. I have not gone all the way through. I've gotten through most of it, but uh, I will admit I haven't got towards the end yet. So, you know, maybe a little bit too early to tell, but I just, and that's, that's shocking as it is for me because, you know, when he drops an album, I 
I'm quick to listen. So yeah, I was just was almost uninterested from, you know, what I heard. And I guess we can agree to disagree there, but it's pretty rare that I go through, you know, these songs and there's not one that I'm like, Oh, this is a keeper. You know, usually off the rip, I can tell that there's one that I'm liking, um, starring here. And, you know, I just didn't do that. So for me, you know, it was, it was a bit disappointing. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I do want to ask you this. So of the albums we didn't rank, which is her loss, honestly, never mind. Dark lane demo tapes, uh, care package and thank me later. And so far gone. Do you have a favorite song on any of those albums? I think like, so for so far gone, like it's the best, best I ever had is like straight up a banger. Still, I still have it in my playlist. It's, uh, it's feelsy. It's not quite Marvin's room feelsy, but it's feelsy. So I like that one. Uh, Jimmy Cooks is solid too, and of course, Circo Loco is is a banger. A little bit of a a little bit of a sample there. But uh, what are your what are some of your favorite Drake songs from albums we uh, we left on the cutting room floor? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll start from you know most recent. Uh, you didn't take her loss, correct? I did not. Uh, I like On BS. You know, that was more recent with 21 Savage. That was a good one. Circle Loco. Uh, again, fantastic song there. Uh, you know, ironic. Honestly, never mind. There was, besides Jimmy Cooks, you know, that's that's one that's, you know, was more famous. But, you know, songs like that get overplayed. And besides that, that was, you know, kind of a forgetful album. Uh Dark Lane demo tapes. There's one in here, you know, that I actually enjoyed, which was Chicago Freestyle. Uh, mixing it up a little bit, a little bit slower, but still a heater uh, for sure. Uh, off Care Package, you know, not a whole lot that I love, but, you know, Paris Morden Music, that was one that, you know, I think it actually goes by a different name. Uh, don't remember what it's called, but... I wasn't exactly sure. You know, when I first heard this, I heard it late. Um, I know people called it something else. I don't remember. I'm looking like a casual right now. But yeah, those are just some off the rip. You know, like you mentioned in So Far Gone, best I ever had. You know, iconic. It's, you know, what got his name out there. So, uh, you know, I'll pass it off to you. What are what are some of yours that, that you've liked that we have not discussed? Yeah, so I only have a couple more. So Darkling Demo Tapes, I think, from Florida with Love is a classic. Uh, it doesn't really get as much respect as I think it deserves. It's a solid flow. I like it. And in terms of albums that we haven't really touched on as much, I think that's about it. I mean, I took CLB, so we've got that covered. Um, you know, her, from her loss, I mean... Jumbotron shit popping is obviously pretty popular. Uh, I think Broke Boys is okay, but beyond that, it's all kind of it's a kind of mid there. I mean, Circle Loco I think is probably my favorite off of that one. But it, other than that, it's other than you know the one you brought up. I think it's just kind of mid. So we're looking for some more from Drake. It's been since CLB that we've really gotten a classic album. So hopefully we can get something something cooked up here here pretty soon. But uh, you know who I'd I'd like to see. So he did a whole big tour with Twenty One Savage. Who do we want to see Drake go on tour with or or collab with on an album? 
That is a good question. Let me think about that. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of different ways he could go with this, depending on, of course, the genre of which he's trying to go with. But you know, you know I'd love to see him run one with little baby. You know, I think that'd be fantastic. I don't think we'll see it. Well, I, I don't want to, I guess, say that, but you know, that would be fun. Um, but what do you think? I was thinking little baby too. I little baby intros the pod, of course. So we love little baby around here. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one. I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm not really burning on anything else. So we need more from Drake, though. Yeah, I agree. Let's do this. What would you say, even on some of the albums we've talked about, most underrated Drake song, or you can even pick a few if you if it's hard to choose. Um, but underrated, don't care what album. What are some of your your favorites there that you know are more slept on than the community would would have to say? Um, so I'll go back to views for this just right off the rip. I think the first one that I thought of, uh, keep the family close is a good one off that album that probably doesn't get as much love as I would like. And, uh, summer's over interlude. That's another one off that album, which I am a fan of. Um, you know, I think so much of it we've hit in terms of albums that we like, uh, nice for what is a classic summer song for Drake. Like, that I listen to that probably once a day during the summer. Um, I don't know. What do you have? You know, I'm going to go back to, you know, what a time to be alive. I love digital dash. I thought that was like a banger that in this album, I feel like didn't get a ton of steam, um, which I think it should have, you know, hasn't, you know, the farther we've gone into, you know, obviously now in 2023, this is eight years old, but, uh, don't hear this played a ton. Um, I love 10 bands from, if you're reading this, it's too late. I don't know if that's under the radar, but uh, it's a good one for sure. So, you know, he's got a lot of bangers. You know, in my opinion, he's the greatest of all time just because of the versatility and the amount of hits that he has. So, uh, yeah, I, as good as it gets. But, you know, need to see more. Obviously, you don't want to fade off, you know, like Carmelo Anthony over here. So, you need to need him to, to finish strong. The thing about this newest album that was disappointing to me, it was five and a half hours. Like we go back to what a time to be alive, which like you said, is an absolute classic album. 41 minutes. Like I think there's gotta be, we need to cut it down a little bit. Less, less quantity, more quality from Drake. Yeah. I think that when, when people do that, you can't do that and it be bad because then everybody just realized that they wasted their time and then they're upset. You know, if it's 41 minutes and it's just like, ah, eh, it's like people can forget about it and move on. But you know, the longer you make it, it, you got to have some bangers in there and it's got to be noteworthy. And, and, you know, in my early opinion here, I don't think that that is the case. So I think this one's a little bit of a flop. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think it's solid, but, Definitely not tip top tier there. So I think that'll do it for, for that. Unless you have any other uh, honorable mentions you want to get to, but uh, yeah, man, Drake is still, still the greatest. We just, uh, just want to see a little bit more. Just want to see a little bit more from him. Yeah. We'd love a collab with little baby. You know, we'll set that up. We'll, we'll do our best to, to make that happen, but uh, that's about all I got. Cool, man. All right. Tell the people where they can find your podcast and, uh, 
how your picks are doing. I mean, 60, 66%, 67% on the year. Yeah, so we are at the Moneyline Masterclass. You can find me on TikTok, on Twitter, which will be the ML or the Masterclass ML. Uh, you know, wasn't able to get the username I wanted there on X, but uh, mainly on Spotify. My picks are 24, 12, and 1 on the year. That is good for just about 67%. So the vibes are high. I'm giving out just about eight picks every single week. Sometimes more, sometimes less, just depending on, you know, what I'm feeling there. But, you know, reading the board really well right now and, you know, looking to keep up the momentum. Uh, I know as we'll both get into, we will be doing college basketball as well. So I will have preview pods out uh, in the next coming month. So a lot to look forward to as well. Yeah, don't want to don't want to tease too much and we can't deliver, but. Gotta gotta have a feeling that we're gonna be doing a lot of college basketball collaboration here coming up. There's just so much content. There's so many conferences, so many teams, a lot of value out there, especially in some of those smaller conferences. So I can't wait to dive into that. I know you're excited for it. We're we've been diving into the college basketball almanac from uh the uh what is it, the field of sixty eight, who are just fantastic. I listen to the three man weave all the time. Uh, I can't wait, man. We're under a month at this point, and uh, gosh, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. You know, man, when we have college football going on and college basketball, it's going to be fun. So buckle up. It's going to be a ride, and and we're here for it. Absolutely. All right, I think that'll do it for us this week. Once again, prayers up to Grayson for his speedy recovery from – uh, hand, foot, and mouth disease, and also having to file taxes for everybody. Uh, you people, please don't file extensions on your taxes. Just get it done in April so our guy can get to work. Uh, we missed him this week, but he'll be back Sunday for our recap pod. So that'll do it for us. For Reed, this is Tyler. Be the man in the arena. Go win some money, and we will see you back here Monday for our weekend recap. So long, everybody. <laughs>